Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Blue Oval Podcast. I am Ben Weissel, and joining me, as always, Garrett Sattler. How's it going, man? Uh, ben, it's been an up-and-down week. Um, I've had so much to evaluate and to write about, which I've loved, and I've had so much fun doing so. I've also had no sleep at all. Um, part of that's self-inflicted of um, like just you know pushing all my work off to one singular night. Um, the other part of it's also just deciding to you know stay up late just for no reason. So uh, I'm, I'm tired, but it's on me this time and I don't have a good reason. So if, if I, if I'm not at a hundred percent today, hold me accountable. All right. Well, implement, implement the taser method. <laughs> that might be hard doing it from this distance, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. Are you, are you, I can't remember. I, we haven't really talked about baseball before because there hasn't been anything good to talk about for a long time. Are you a Phillies fan? I, I'm a Phillies or Pirates fan, whoever's good. So it's that means I'm a Phillies fan. Phillies fan, yeah, yeah. I, I I know how that is. Pretty similar here, but boy, what a what a weekend! I I I'm all the way back in on baseball after like the last week and a half. It's amazing. My my parents, so my parents are actually big Philly sports fans, like diehard. You know, very connected. Love love Philly sports. They have actually so many events between Philly sports in the city that they got a hotel. They live 45 minutes away to go to the Phillies baseball game uh, where they won. I think where they won the series where um, for the Eagles game tonight. And then I think there's like one other thing that I'm maybe missing. So yeah, they, they're, they're that invested. It's, it's, an eerily good time to be a Philly sports fan, which (laughs) means something's going to happen very soon. The Sixers are about to start the season full of good vibes. There's, there's a lot of room for things to go terribly, terribly wrong soon. Well, you know what, or things went terribly, uh, terribly well was on the cross country course. Uh, this weekend, we got a, so many good results out of it. Um, I don't think a nutty comb has ever been this good. No, I mean, when we were previewing it, I just was gobsmacked. I, I could not believe how many good teams, good individuals it, it was. And it lived up to the hype watching, watching it was thrilling. Um, not often uh, do you see uh, a meat build to this level and it to live up to that expectation, but it absolutely did. We saw a lot of, like huge breakout performances, some disappointing results, and, and just completely for a lot of teams made us completely reevaluate how we see them now. Yeah, um, there was a lot. It's weird because like in Nuttycomb, you get basically like you know in the path it's like if you've been top twenty, top twenty five, it's like that's a really good low stick performance. But yep. now I feel like in this field it was like top forty was like a really good low stick before maybe even top 50 um it was exceptional what wasn't exceptional was not getting a whole lot of reviews apple podcast plus zero on there um and then spotify we got plus two so shout out to spotify we're doing well on spotify but uh, the apple podcast i don't know like i was just talking to ben before this i don't know what we're doing wrong on apple or what we're doing wrong in de- general but um we will have to get those numbers up so uh, I, I'm not worried about it, but in the meantime, if you can't do that, then at least go support us via BioSteel, biosteel.com. Use code TSR30 for all of the uh, hydration mixes, protein powder, a handful of other things on there. So use 30, uh, get 30% off using code TSR30. And that's that. Spread spread the word. Spread the word to, uh, about BioSteel. Spread the word about the podcast. Retweet, like. We, we, need, we need all the self-promotion uh, and reader promotion that we can get. Shout out to my buddy Thomas who who uh, sent me a picture of him ordering with the code. So oh, I, I appreciate my buddy That's Thomas. Huge. Anyway, anyways, anyways, let's talk about uh, this weekend. Before we get into Nuttycomb, Ben, what was your biggest takeaway from the non-Nuttycomb races? So I have a quick one, and then I'll, I'll go to my, the the one that I actually had. And the the quick one is LaSalle men at Penn State National Open. Uh, I have a former teammate, Finn Bernie, who transferred up to LaSalle and has been talking up the team over the last few weeks. And I, I so I've been keeping an eye on them, but they easily took home the win, beating Northeastern. They got some, it seemed to be some true, true low sticks in Ibrahim Kadir uh, and Teonga Mabamba um, taking down or being right in between Baldwin Magnuson, who is obviously a, a very talented runner from Eastern Michigan. They are deep they have 
solid low sticks. I they're going to be a team to watch in that mid Atlantic region. I, I don't know if they're going to have enough to qualify, but they're they're certainly one that I'm going to have on my radar from here on out. They're complete through five. Northeastern's a good team. And, you know, Alex Korzynski, who uh, for Northeastern, who's mm-hmm. a great runner, was 11th in this field, probably could have won it if he's at 100%. And even if he does win it, they still beat Northeastern pretty handily. Yep. So Northeastern's a good team. So for LaSalle to be beating that Northeastern team, I agree. That's a really nice result. And then, so my other key takeaway um, from this weekend from Panorama Farms was I, I was really impressed by the Virginia men. I, mm-hmm. I thought that they ran really solidly, finishing second behind a very, very good Wake Forest team. They had a great pack. Justin Wackle uh, was a nice low stick, but behind him, they had five guys from 15 to 19 in this mm-hmm. race. Um, nine seconds spread there. Gary Martin really coming into his own as a true freshman. I I like the potential upside with this Cavalier team, and I think if they can run as a pack like they did this weekend, they have a really, really great shot at, at being a solid top 20 team at Nationals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I don't know where we'll place them in the men's rankings yet. It's We're recording this on Sunday, October 16th at uh, about 7 p.m. my time, Eastern time. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll – I'm still trying to figure out like just how good is this team because the the fields that they've been in for as good as the XE23 invite is it's not you really can't take away any major performances mm-hmm. about a team that we're still trying to learn more about like I don't know how good Wachtel truly is yet I don't right. know how good that back end truly is but I can tell you this it's only positive signs it's certainly not negative um and, and they were within reasonable striking distance of Wake Forest so yeah a, a good performance overall I agree um and the, the Virginia Virginia women were also very good, just destroying both Ole Miss and Kentucky. I, I mean, I, again, those teams aren't the cream of the crop, but I mean, they took care of business on their home course. looked looked great as well. They destroyed that field. I mean, they were so good. Um, so I, I will move off of that though. I will quickly touch on pre nationals. The men's race, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I did pretty well with those predictions. I, I nailed the top four teams. I nailed a lot of the top individuals. Uh, so I'm not going to talk about the men's race too much. But the women's race, uh, not quite as significant as maybe the men's race. But Oklahoma State, they didn't run most of their top women except Bila Chipkuri, the uh, Kenyan freshman who has run 411 for 1,500 meters. She was phenomenal, wins the race over Yasna Petrova uh, from California Baptist, and then Callie Doan, who's a top 20 name in our eyes right now. That's a huge win, and not only did she beat those women, it was also the sixth fastest time in that course's history, which is impressive when you consider that that course recently held the national championships. And uh, and she also took down like a handful of really good names by significant margins. So I, I listen, I, I'm looking at a scenario where Oklahoma State maybe has three women on a good day, three women in the top 20 at the national meet, and then four in the top 30. If they just find an okay enough fifth, things get interesting, but this is kind of what we've been saying for a while now. So shout out to Oklahoma State and uh, Jip Curie. Yeah, I I will save maybe some of my takes on the women's field, but I, I think Oklahoma State is making this just a going to be make this NCAA women's championship even more exciting after this result. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's you just that, especially after nutty come, because now yeah. you start consp- like inspired and we'll get into it, but it's like, Oh man, I thought, I thought that they had it, but now everything's a little more tied up and exciting. So, uh, so with that, let's actually get into nutty comb. Where do you want to start first? Um, let's just start with most impressive performance. Um, and why don't we stick with the women who, who really impressed you this weekend? I think we probably had the both, both the same answer here. Um, for team wise. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to say NAU. I I know you're going to say New Mexico. Yeah. I, but, but here's the thing. Yeah. So I, so as everyone who knows, Nutty Comb, NC State's the favorites, they tie New Mexico ties with them instead. New, uh, NC State still wins the tiebreaker. But Ben, honestly, if you take a look at these performances, I'm not surprised. I'm really not. You look at where a lot of these New Mexico women finished. You got Deshaun in eighth, Larkin in ninth. You had Maza Downing twelfth. You had where Thorn, was the Thorner other Thorner was Thorner 25th. In the, 
and Heckel was 26. The only name that really surprised me that ran so much better than I thought they would was Deshaun in eighth. Everyone else, I'm kind of like, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. And what NC State doesn't have, Starlipper, and they don't have Shaw, you know, yeah. Like, I kind of, I would, I'm not totally shocked in this, uh, this scenario. Like, let's not forget, New Mexico won this race last year. Yeah, yeah. I just, I could, I, I think the way they ran it is why maybe it was so impressive to me. Yeah. They dropped 50. Points in the last 2K to like they were NC State was handedly beating them. And then over the last 2K, the Lady Lobos just dropped the hammer. And I I think that's honestly one of the most impressive things about this performance for me is that they came alive when they needed to the most and made it such a close race. I, I just didn't think that they were this close to NC State. And like you're saying, Maybe it's because the Wolfpack women aren't haven't run their full complement, or maybe they just don't have their full complement of runners available to them this year. Um, but for, I, I mean, for NAU, this wasn't a hugely surprising performance for me. I, I, I think them finishing third is a little bit higher than we expected. But I mean, for them to score 244 points, I think we probably would have been like, yeah, that that sounds about right. It's just nobody really like whether it's BYU or Notre Dame really pushed to make it a, a a more competitive third place performance that was a little bit lower on the point side. Yeah, I guess just for NAU, like you aren't expected to do anything super crazy during the preseason. You come out, you have an amazing day in, you know, middle of September. Yeah. So it's hard for me to be like, well, what should we really expect from them in this field that came out, validated themselves in a huge way? And I still think they can be even better is the crazy part. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, that's why I think I'm, I'm more impressed with NAU, again, relative to expectations. New Mexico, mm-hmm. I don't want to take anything away from them. New Mexico was phenomenal. It, it, you know, In order for New Mexico to have this race, Everyone had to have their absolute best races of their career, except maybe Heckle. Heckle probably, you know, could have been a little bit higher. Um, and then Deshaun, and then they needed someone to break out with a truly huge performance, and that was Deshaun in this scenario. Uh, this scenario. So, yeah, I, I don't want to take any away, anything away from New Mexico, but when you start realizing that Stolliper isn't there and that Shaw isn't there, and yet NC State still takes the tie-breaking win, you know, I, I wasn't too shocked by it is all makes sense. like it's 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 impressive though it's impressive yeah absolutely i mean so where are you at with nc state do you think we're going to see shaw and starlipper at the rest of the season or i mean it's getting pretty late in the season at this point well starlipper ran at joe piani and that's oh, why right, i'm that's not right. yeah right so she, and she was 12th there and yeah, i she was very good she was very good so i i think for someone where it's like Hey, you haven't raced a whole lot. You have a history of injury. You ran pretty well at Joe Piani. Let's not push this. We get back uh, Kelsey Camille in this race, who was phenomenal, by the way. Looks outstanding. Um, and so I think I think it's a smart move by Hennis to be like, hey, listen, Marley, like I, there are bigger things down the road. They did this with Hannah Steelman last mm-hmm. year, where she didn't race. She was battling an injury. I don't know what the deal is with Starlipper. Um, and then who knows about Shaw? I think if by the ACC championships we don't see Shaw, then I would anticipate she's not running for the season. But who knows? I don't know. I mean, they look so deep. And I think the one of the reasons why we were both so surprised as we were watching this race live to see New Mexico had closed the gap so much is we were watching Kelsey Camille look great. And we're like, mm-hmm. well, she runs well. I mean, there's absolutely no chance of anybody catching them. And she was second um, right behind Tui. And, and like, that was kind of the crazy part. And we saw Sydney Seymour kind of up there in that front pack for a while, fell back pretty hard in the last 2K, but certainly gave herself a shot at being another top 10 name for this team. I, I mean, they, they, they have the depth still. If you add Starlip in, into this lineup, they probably win by at least another 5, 10 points. But it, it just seems like, it's going to be a little bit more of a competitive team race than we we anticipated coming into this year. Yes, yes, and it, and it will be. Um, but I don't even think that's necessarily because of NC State. I think it's just because what you said at the very beginning of the year, which is 
it's unbelievable that we don't have New Mexico because any other year they'd be number one. Um, and, and, and rightfully so. It just so happens that NC State's the better team right now. Um, and also, like, it was, it was also like you watch the race and it's like Sam Bush is up there yeah, for a lot of the was. race as well. So when you're like, well, they have four women in the top 10, 15, like, surely this can't go south. And, well, <laughs> it went a little south, but <laughs> Nevada Marino, though, with maybe the best cross country race of her life, 36th place, saves this team. Cause really, I, if she doesn't run as well as she does, I mean, this team collapses. Not collapses. That's not true. That's not fair. Um, but New Mexico gets the edge. So, what did what did you see with NAU? I, I mean, I think we both believe that they can run better. I think Taryn O'Neill's probably that person where if she's finishes higher up, we we would anticipate her finishing higher up than sixty fourth at this kind of race. Um, if she improves, then they drop points. I I mean, Stearns was absolutely incredible finishing third big big performance for her but i i mean you look through the lineup they're they're six names deep they they look really just complete and, and with o'neill having the ability to be that other low stick if she can kind of round into form by ncaa's they just look like a, such a solid top five team yeah they're they're just solid like i don't know how else to put it they're really solid um I don't know if I'd say they're podium favorites, which is, you know, I think everyone's going to be like, well, they just got third at Nuttycomb. It's like, well, yes, yeah. but I think it's very clear that you have to have a greater firepower if you're going to contend with NC State, New Mexico, um, Alabama, and Oklahoma State. And those are four really hard teams to crack, really hard teams. So, you know, I, I, I'm just – and also because you look at these point totals and like NAU is much closer to Notre Dame and to a few of these other teams than they are any other team. But regardless, Northern Arizona, they're solid. I think O'Neill could have been 20, 30 places better. I thought Anika Rice could have been 20, 30 places yeah. better. There's a lot of scoring still available. Do I think they can be on the podium? Yes. But would I put my money there right now? I'd say no. Yeah, and I think my next question is probably going to illuminate why we probably have them at fifth. How many teams do you think can win realistically win the national title on the women's side? Uh, that's a great question. The win the national title will be on the podium. Win the national title. Four. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's why you have these four fantastic teams this year who have, mm -hmm. I think, writ, like, uh, gone above and beyond any of our expectations except for maybe NC State, and it's just a four-horse race that I, I don't think we've seen in recent memory, and NAU, unfortunately, is kind of the re poor recipient of, of that uh, reality. Like, I'm, I'm trying to envision a scenario where I'm like, I can see those four teams potentially, potentially taking up almost... 16 or 17 all-american spots which is like am i wrong yeah i i mean three each at least and then i think and you probably get four four for some yeah four for some like i think oklahoma state has four very realistic i think everyone has four yeah, very realistic right. contenders and that's my thing and i think if you're gonna win this you're gonna have to have five that's so I, I don't know it's it's absurd right <laughs> just four teams are going to have not quite half, maybe like 47% of the All-American, maybe a little bit lower, 40, 43, 44. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, let's move on to the men's side. Most impressive performance for the men. I'm going to go BYU. Okay. Without, they, uh, without Klinger, without Allen, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Still beat NAU. Still beat NAU. Here's also the craziest part. Like, here's the thing. I say it's BYU. Listen, the 1.9 second time spread is absurd. <laughs> it's so crazy. I've never heard any team doing that in this kind of field. Troutner had the race of his life. The Thompson twins had the race of their life. Um, I, I think they're twins. Uh, Noakes validated himself. Garnick uh, shook off the, the shakiness. It was just phenomenal. And to not do it without Klinger, to do it without Allen, that's a really scary group. That said, here's a fun stat. If if Klinger wins that race and Allen finishes seventh, 
which is realistic, but also not likely. If those guys, if if those guys go one seven and everyone else stays where they do and just move everyone back a spot, including Stanford, Stanford and BYU tie, and then Stanford wins on the tiebreaker still, which is absurd. So I don't know who to be more impressed by: the fact that BYU ran so well without their top two guys, or the fact that Stanford still wins even on an unrealistic, not unrealistic, even on a unlikely unlikely scenario that BYU's top two guys run that well. Yeah. I think for BYU, this race was very validating. Like a lot of these guys who broke out like Noakes, like the Thompson brothers and for Troutner, this was a breakout performance. He's never run this well in a cross country race before. And for Garnica bounce back, this was very validating for them um to to run this well but i think for stanford it might be more impressive not because of the top three and i i mean the top three are are running as well as we expected they're just that good like it it would it it would not be crazy to see them all be in the same positions come nationals one three seven i i think the impressive part is that they had a different four five than a few weeks ago and they still were able to get the job done. Like it wasn't Thomas Boyd and it wasn't Robert DiDonato who were coming in clutch. It was Devin Hart, Micah Boyd, and Rousseau, who I I mean, I think this wasn't a super surprising result from Boyd and Rousseau. He's always kind of been right there. But for Devin Hart to finish 13th, mm-hmm. it's just so massive. And, and you mentioned it in, in your recap article. But just having, I, I mean, it's not great that there's a little inconsistency in that back end um, for that four or five spot for Stanford. But if you have four names that you feel comfortable with, at least one or two of them have the have the capability, or all of them have the capability of being really solid scorers. You just need two of them to hit. You just need a 50% hit rate and you're good. And that's a place where Stanford really hasn't been where they need their four or five guys. They know who their four or five guys are and they need them to hit this year. They're deeper in that back side. And I, I think that makes all the difference. The top three guys don't concern me at all. No. It's the, it, it's, I, I think Hart is phenomenal, but this is an outlier race for him. Oh, like yeah. I will need to see more from him to be like, are, are you really this good? Um, boost, uh, you know, Rousseau, I, I kind of agree. This is probably, you know, closer to his ceiling, but still pretty solid. Yeah. I, I don't love that Boyd and D Donato had such poor outings. It scares me mm-hmm. because you, I mean, Hart just had the race of his life. If he replicates this, then yeah, sure. Whatever. It's not a big deal. I'm not positive if he will. I hope he does. But everything, there's not a whole ton on his resume that said he was going to run this well. He was 75th at the Cowboy Jamboree. So, because here's the thing, all, you know, we say like, okay, well, Stanford, they just need two of their back four guys to run well. They've got four realistic candidates. But while that that's like me on one shoulder, the other shoulder is saying, yeah, but all four of them have also shown, you know, can blow moments, up. moments of, of that they can blow up, of inconsistency. So it's like the the angel and devil on my shoulder being like they could be great and be like don't don't go against them you know like it's it's one of those things. And, and the thing is, and, and I think you can say this about a, a lot of teams moving forward. I don't think we're gonna really learn a whole lot about this team for the rest of the year until nationals. Like I I, I just don't think that you're. I mean, you're running at in good fields at Pac 12s and the regional championship, but those are such small fields compared to these kind of national performances. And I, I just, I don't know how much I'm going to take from, I mean, it'll be great if Devin Hart finishes 10th at Pac-12s. I think that would be a, a, a very solid step, but I, I don't know if that means he's going to be capable of doing that come NCAAs. Yeah, I think we'll learn something at Pac-12s. I think it's, you know, who on their back end is going to be more consistent this season. I think we'll learn that. Who has the higher end scoring potential um, I think we can learn that at, at the Pac-12 championships. I think it's a huge race for Hart. It's validate this. Can you be top 10, 9, 8, 7? And if so, then it's like, okay, then they, they've got a fourth All-American. Solidly, it's who they have on the back end. So I, I think we learn something here. I think a really good test for this will be 
can Hart beat everyone on Colorado's team at the Pac-12 championships? If he can, then I'm not that concerned about him. Um, but if a handful of guys take him down and vice versa, then we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go back to the women. Most surprising performance on the women's side. Mm. I'll say this. I think it's probably Notre Dame. Um, fifth place with how many points? 257. 257. That's everyone's going to be like, what are you talking about? There were, what, the fifth place team, I think, last year, the national championships returned all these women. You know, they've got these low sticks, yada, yada, yada. They brought in Katie Thronson, and that's fine. But Notre Dame did not run well at Joe Piani at all. Um, they, you know, they were behind the top, what, top teams in that field that they were supposed to be behind. But their point totals were closer to Florida State in that race. Mm-hmm. And Florida State just finished 24th in this field. So, and then if you were to also tell me, hey, Maddie Denner's also not even going to be a scorer for Notre Dame on Friday, then I'd say, oh, well, then they're not going to be in the top seven, eight, not even top 10. So for them to still come through, for them to still run as well as they did and finish fifth in this race and be five points behind BYU, I was impressed. Yeah, and Maddie Denner ran a weird race. Like, if you look at her splits, she was, like, back of the pack. Uh, like to start 231st through 2k and like did her darndest to work her way up i mean improved by 130 places uh, over the last 4k but in this kind of field you you can't like she just gave herself too big of a a a hole to dig out of so that it makes me feel a little bit better about her that she closed that well and and that possibly in, in a next race where she positions herself a little bit better she can be better but I, I think the main story is that the rest of the team picked up the slack and, and they didn't miss a beat. Katie Thronson has been such a big addition, just mm-hmm. a consistent yep. top two, top three score. She was 46 today. I mean, she has just been a rock for them and provided that extra piece of stability to a team that frankly just needed some consistency across the board. And she has really provided that. And I mean, Markazic has continued to be really, really good this year. And I mean, Keller and everybody else behind has just been good enough to make this team a a top seven caliber team in the country. Yeah, it's not like, you know, Markazic is great, obviously. Thronson's like a solid secondary scorer. When Denner's great, she's on, but obviously she hasn't been on the past few races. Um, and then after that, it's like it's not the most exciting group, but it doesn't have to be. They just have to go get the job done, and they do that, right? Like you look mm-hmm. at their scores; they're really their their middle lineup scores are actually significantly better. Not significantly better, but in a lot of instances, you know, Notre Dame's second score was forty six points. NAU's second score was forty. NAU had their third score sixty four points. Notre Dame had fifty two. Fourth, uh, NAU had sixty six. Uh, fourth, Notre Dame had 61. You know, 81st place finish for Notre Dame's final score, or 80, 81 points. But it, like, it's, a, it's a pretty solid back end. Mm-hmm. And it, yet it's still, when Denner runs at her best, they chop off a lot. And I start wondering, I'm like, what? How, how do I gauge this team? And I just, I have no idea. They, despite running well this weekend, I mean, they remain the most confounding team because you could see them finishing almost in like a five to six, like span spot at at nationals. They could be, I think as high as fifth possibly, but as low as 10th or 11th, depending on the day. I mean, they, they remain very confusing. Yeah. I mean, I could see them outside. I can see like 14th, 15th, really. Yeah. It's, but I could also see like, if they run like how they did on Friday and Denner has her full race that we know she's fully capable of and Alabama has one of their women just completely falter DNF or whatever, which I hope is not the case. But if that happens at the national meet, yeah. is, is Notre Dame getting the, the fourth podium spot? Maybe, but also they could be outside of the top 10. Like, I don't know. For, for me, one of the most uh, surprising performances on the women's side was the Utah women. I, mm-hmm. I think they just ran so well. Very Tulsa-like, uh, a light mm-hmm. uh, Tulsa kind of uh, on the back end. Really strong through four. Venters was great, low stick, finishing sixth. Uh, Simone Plourd was was 22nd. They, they had a really good 
top four in, in the in the top sixty, uh, but then really fell off in the back end. If they can if they can just get someone to finish, even if it's like a hundredth in this kind of field, then they're moving up in the the in the the rankings significantly. Like they're they're starting to be in that Notre Dame BYU crowd. I don't know how realistic it is that they're going to get that fifth score, but I, they the way they ran this weekend definitely makes me think that their ceiling is much higher than I did previously. So yes, I I love Utah. Um, I, I it's just such a feel good team. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're really great. Like, how can you not root for? Is like Ventures yeah. the hardest person to root against right now? Oh, I I would completely agree. I, I she, she it's just you you just root for that kind of stuff. It's a very good story. I'm very happy for her. Um, she did do a piece with us like a few years back, mm-hmm. and she was very kind. Opened up about a lot of it. Um, and that's actually one of our most popular pieces ever. And she she was fantastic. And I love seeing her rise back to this moment. Um, but like you kind of look at everyone else, like Simone Plored, BYU transfer, really found her niche uh, niche here. Kila Barger, uh, what is it? Arizona transfer. Um, Ariel Keklak, Johns Hopkins, a, a transfer. The top four women mm-hmm. are transfers. And I think it's kind of a nice thing of like these women kind of coming together, trying to find the spot that's best for them. And then they really thrive. Um, so it was, it was encouraging to see a fun team. The fifth runner has got to be better because even if the fifth runner is better, then you also have to bank on those top four women also. Right. So yeah. I question, is this their ceiling? Which is not a bad thing. If this is their ceiling, that's a successful ceiling uh, season. Yeah, but I, I do, I do wonder that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they're very similar to Tulsa, where it's like if everything goes well, they could be really good. If mm-hmm. if just one thing goes off, they're they're gonna fall yep. back pretty far. Um, but yeah, let's move back to the men. Most surprising performance on the men's side. Uh, do you go ahead? I have to skim through these. Um, I, I think for me, it was the Air Force men. I think oh, that, yeah. that's probably yeah, the yeah, easy, yeah. easy answer right there. Easy answer, yeah. Um, San Gilman, 10th place performance. I think this was the breakout cross-country performance that we kind of saw coming and, and believed that he could do. But the, the rest of this lineup, I, I mean, again, what an incredible pack. Five-second spread between second and fifth. Luke Combs finishing 29th, Marshall 31st. You had um, the Mason brothers finishing 40th and 49th. I mean, they they are a very deep team. Six guys in the top 50. They have a true low stick in Gilman. And if Shell comes back, I mean, they're they're going to have even more potency up front. I was this was the race of the season for them. I would love to see them back this up at Mountain West and really dominate there. But I, I mean, they blew away my expectations. Uh, so also Ryan Johnson, 39th place. And yeah, they were so good. They were so good. You know, people, whenever people have these performances, they're like, well, you just slept like you didn't see it. We knew this was coming. <laughs> With all due respect to Air Force, I'm sorry. I No one saw this coming. No. Like you you just been sleeping on us. No, I if we slept on you, then everyone else in the country did. There was no basis for them to be running this well, especially without Scheller. All of these guys are good. Like, they're very solid. Luke Combs, Marshall, Johnson, and the Mason brothers are very solid, good talents. But they were never this good. They were never all consistently this good at the same time, with Gilman having his best cross-country race ever. Like, it's phenomenal. They are still quite a ways out from being. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, if Scheller comes back, what are they a podium team? They they absolutely could be. I mean, if they run like this, I I mean, even without Scheller, I mean, they're they're right there. Like, they're four points behind NAU. We would expect NAU to be better, but like, they're they're there. Like, I they're not favorites, but they at least deserve to be in the conversation at this point. I, I really I, mean, I like Air Force, right? Like I was very high on Air Force. I think we were very complimentary of them. But this is this is unbelievable. This is the NAU of the Cowboy Jamboree, the NAU women of the Cowboy Jamboree. Yeah. It's, this is so phenomenal. I really just want to see it again. Can you just show me that you can do it again? This is still pretty. I almost say they're inexperienced because that's not true. They got a couple of like older guys, right? 
but everyone's so new to this level of racing where I'm like, I, I don't, I don't really know how to approach them going forward, but I, I can only see upside from here, which is crazy for a team that just had such a huge breakout race. It's crazy. I mean, they're basically everything we thought that Colorado could be this year. And oh, I, I, like I, I, I mean, they're, they basically, you put air force where we did, where we put Colorado in our preseason rankings. And, and I think they, they basically fill that spot. I think Colorado has underwhelmed a little bit. I, I didn't think they had a terrible race this weekend, but I, I don't think it was as good as we might've expected, but you just look and they just have a bunch of solid guys. I, I mean, Gilman is probably the best low stick maybe out of either of those two teams, but then the rest of the lineup, they're just solid. Maybe they won't, maybe none of them will be all Americans, but they're going to be right there. And that's exactly kind of what we expected from Colorado. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, just, I, I like air force. We do have to switch topics though, because I think this is a necessary conversation. Um, air force was four points behind Northern Arizona. I don't, I don't know what to think. I mean, they're gonna be better. They should be better, but they were not great. Salman gets the red shirt pulled, uh, at least for now. I mm-hmm. mean, it's the one one forty five. They're significantly behind BYU. Bosley and Young were phenomenal, but what? Like everyone else is kind of like, eh. And they ran a full a full compliment, like not yeah. just like a okay. Well, maybe Solomon's redshirting this year. This is the full the fullest compliment that we can expect. No, they ran everybody. They had Young, they had Bosley, they had Prosser, Raff, Solomon, Kusha, Quacks, Hasty. They ran everybody. This there is nobody that they left off that you're expecting to be in this top five, and they just did not get the job done. We talked about. Uh, on the podcast, you talked about in the group chat article how Kusha and Quacks were super big X factors for this team. They did not come through. They really suffered uh, over the last part of the race, dropped back significantly. Prosser had a race of his life, ran really, really well, and yet it did not matter because uh, the guys who have been All-Americans and the guy that we maybe expected to be an All-American this year as a freshman, Salman, just did not provide any potency to this lineup. What percent chance do you give NAU to still win the national title? I think out of respect, you got to give them like 10, 15 percent. Yeah, I would have said 10. Yeah, I agree. I still think out of respect, you give them about 10 percent. But this was not good. No, outside of outside of Prosser, Outside of like a Bosley, Young, and Prosser, no one ran well. And with all due respect to Prosser, while he did run well, him being your third scorer outside of the top 30 when you're trying to contend with teams like Stanford and BYU, it's just not enough. That's not a knock on Prosser. He could be really good one day, but right now that's not enough. This lineup has to be better if they want to win a national title. And guess what? They probably will be better because I don't think they can. I think they can only go up from here. This is as bad as it gets for them because I I, yeah. I think Prosser proved that he can be a legitimate top five guy, which is huge. Like if we yep. came into this season saying that Santiago Prosser has taken a huge step up and is going to be pushing to be a top five scorer for NAU, we would have said cancel the season. We already know NAU is going to win. They have yep. so many other guys that if Prosser is so good that he can score for this team, then it's over yep. like and that's the most incredible part about this is that you you look at their back five guys every single one of them you could expect to be in the top 25 in this race mm-hmm. and not a single one of them even really came close and you find it hard to believe that that's going to continue that at least one or two of them are going to break out and push to be in that in that top 25 and then they're they're at least competitive they need two or three guys to break out to be competitive with stanford and byu which could happen but that seems very unlikely at this stage yeah i I, like listen like if if this team runs to their full potential they can win the national title 
it it just hasn't been good. Um, I don't I don't know where to go from here. They have still have a shot. It's not a great shot, um, but we'll see. We'll see, man. Like I'm I I want to believe in NAU. I really do. I, I I think everyone gets upset. They're like, oh, the dynasties. I want to see someone new. I kind of I, I kind of want to see like just see like how long can you do this for? I, I'd be impressed. So well, I I wanted to see them lose giving their best shot like They're someone to beat them nau not winning because someone else raised their level to a point that was so high i don't want them to this their their ncaa dynasty to end by finishing third whatever like to to and i should clarify you just everyone at home when you say end ben gave air quotes on that so. yeah because yeah i mean still finishing on the podium is is a, an incredible accomplishment and I, I I would hate to see them just not run well this year to to at least not even close to their capabilities and that'd be the reason why Stanford or BYU wins. Um any other disappointing team performances on the men's side? I, I mean I, I think we were surprised by NAU and and we felt like we had to talk about them, but anybody else? I mean, there's a few teams that obviously just didn't run super well. Colorado, like I thought they could have been a little bit better, but generally speaking, pretty on par. Maybe UNC could have been a few spots better. Michigan probably could have been better. Iowa State could have been better. Gonzaga certainly could have been better. But at some point or another, Gonzaga, if you just if you don't have Bates, if you don't have Moara, there's only so much you can do there. They're so heavily reliant on their low sticks. When Guarmali doesn't run well, there's only so much that Will Smith can do. I'm not. I'm not worried about Gonzaga. I, I think that's just like a nothing performance. But it's it's not too crazy. I'm so. I'm gonna be so upset if this is like the year Mara is like unavailable because this is the year Gonzaga could have been so good. Like Grimaldi had a bad day today, but I I think if he and Smith and Mara are all healthy and running well, they have enough depth in the four or five, and this, this really could have been a top ten team. And I I don't know if we're going to see that full lineup this year? Um, I, I think we, would, we will have to wait until after the West Coast yeah. Championships because I think what if I'm Coach Tyson at Gonzaga, I'm saying, all right, so we've been to the national meet for the past, what, two years? Should have been in that first, third year, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um, and they haven't done well. They haven't peaked well at all. So I feel like if he's like saying, yeah, you know what? Let's just wait to debut some of these guys and see what really happens to the put. I like that approach. So I will wait until after the conference meet. Um, if they don't, if they're not at the conference meet, then I'll get a little concerned. That's fair. And Iowa State was another one where I, I just, it, it wasn't a good day. You would expect nope. more from Chad Johnson, from Ezekiel Rapp, from Gable Sepierta, like, they like Rob and Sepierta weren't terrible, fifty fifth and fifty eighth. But I, I mean, they have the ability to be so much more. And then the back end, just I, I was hoping that Titus Winders would be able to be a little bit more impactful. Nehemiah too has been impactful in the past, and he he just wasn't this this week. They they still have the guys, but it it just doesn't look great for the Cyclones this year. Well, if you're Iowa State, really, you you look at Rob and you look at Sepierta, and you're like, okay, not perfect but you know not terrible either really i'm looking at the rest of this lineup and i'm like man i could have i thought like you could have had three other guys three other guys in the top 110 yeah and they didn't and that like i'm like you don't have to be crazy good you just have to shore up the back end enough and unfortunately for them that just didn't happen um it's again not a terrible performance but like it i'm surprised that they lost to harvard um that one surprised me and with michigan like it's crazy. Like if it's hard, like they just need the top three to just run well. They get two of the three every time, but they didn't have Tom Brady and Joe Piani. And who was it this time? Nick Foster did not run well. If Nick Foster runs to his potential, well, we have no problems about Michigan. And Michigan's looking like a yeah. great team. They just the top three has to not even the full lineup. The top three have to run well. Yeah, I mean Ja and Brady were were very solid today. Um and yeah, like they have the enough guys who will at least be around that top 150 that, like you said, if they can just get that third, uh, lo- third, not low stick, but so- someone who's with that top two, then, then they're in great shape. Um, let's switch gears, look at the women's side. Any disappointing performances stand out for you here? Uh, let me pull up the women's results real quick. Um, 
I, I think Colorado. Uh, just brutal. Um, Michigan was not great. Um, I'm a, I'm in a little bit of panic mode with Michigan. Arkansas, meh. Not you know. I'm not looking too heavily into Arkansas. Um, but yeah, I it just there's a few teams that I thought could have been a little bit better. Florida State probably could have been better. Um, but Colorado, like I thought they were a podium team, and Mini UT's not running, just not running well. Covert's not at her full form. Um, the back in the lineup can only do so much behind Hurtenstein. Like it just doesn't look like a complete lineup. It looks like it has a lot of holes, and people are still trying to figure out their identity on the team. And um, and listen, like if any most teams would be thrilled with a ninth place finish in this field, but for Colorado, it just doesn't look like it's their year right now. And the thing is, Braun has come in and been very solid for this mm-hmm. team. And I think everything that you would probably expected of her, um, it's just like Gabrielle Ori and Minioti just haven't lived up to what we thought they could be this year so far. If if they get back into form, then I, I think this is a team that, while isn't a, a podium contender, is certainly a, a very solid top 10 team. But it, it's just hard to see what their ceiling is. I, I mean, is it seventh at this point? Like, um, uh, he's six, six, seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's okay. like, they're not terrible. Like, and that's, a, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, they're not terrible. And Min UT is like, it's, she's just so clearly better than a DNF and a what? Uh, what, what was she? 257th. Yeah, she's she's clearly better than that. She's clearly better than being like the one, two, three, four, five, six, what seventh, you know, seventh to last finisher in the field. I, I don't know. I, I struggle to believe that this is what this team can actually do. I know this is not what this team can actually do. I'll be interested to see what happens at the Pac-12 championships because that field will be more compact, much more top-heavy. Yep. I'll be interested to see how close can they get to Stanford because if they can get past Stanford at Pac-12s, that'll be a different story. Yeah. I, and I think they, they can, like, I, I mean, yeah. they, they were only 21 points behind Stanford today or this weekend, uh, in an, a, as big of a field as this was, I mean, that's not a huge, that's a few seconds from a few different runners. Right. Um, Michigan, <laughs> I, I made the case and for why you, broke me. you broke me, man. oh man. And I mean, it was just bad so bad across the uh, so many places i mean windemuller was okay tran was solid uh, science was okay as well but th- this team needs its top trio running well and that's windemuller vanderland and hart hart was not good vanderland didn't race i just i i, I i'm worried that vanderland isn't healthy because because they need her to be herself and if you put her in this race they're they're definitely better more more than likely if she's able to run um that probably knocks off at least 60 70 points you would expect but it's just like you're you can't put it all together on the same day and eventually that's just who you are like you can't just be one person away every single meet and us expect you to be able to do it at the biggest meet of the year at the end of the season. So I have a somewhat sorted related question, kind of, kind of different, but when you look at these women's results, how far deep down the results do you go until you say, if this team needs an automatic bid, I'm sorry, an at large bid, if this team needs an at large bid to the national championships, where does that cutoff line draw? So, are are you saying what so I'm saying after this team in the nutty comb standings? Yeah. I don't see them getting an at-large bid. Oof. There's 31 teams that go. Remember, some of these teams are going to get auto qualifiers. Like Florida State women were 24th, but I'm trying to figure out who in the South region other than Alabama is going to get that. South is not good on the women's It's not side. good. So I think I think Florida State gets the other one. So that's why like I'm I'm like uh, that's why I'm saying at large, because if, if you're Florida State and like God forbid they they somehow get third in their region, and they need an at large, are they getting in? I don't think so. 
I so where, where so where's that cutoff end for you? Like through what? How many teams? I think it's probably somewhere between seventeen and eighteen. Colorado State. Oh, Michigan you... State. Oh, really? I I that's the thing. I like if Michigan keeps running like this, they're not like they're not gonna make it. Like. I don't know because I'm I'm trying to think about all the other teams. So like you know like California Baptist, maybe Liberty, uh, like Kentucky, Virginia, um, Oklahoma State, Alabama. You know like you, you tally that's about like what's another seven teams. There's 31 teams that go yeah. right. So and I started thinking about like who are those maybe there's like two or three others that I'm not forgetting. I'd be closer to like Michigan 21, Furman 22. Maybe you can convince me Air Force 23 because Florida State's going to get the auto bid. Yeah, I guess getting Arkansas and Florida State points possibly is is really helpful for like the Colorado State and Michigan State. But like, I don't feel I mean, maybe maybe you feel differently. I don't feel super confident in Michigan State making it. I, I mean, well, I think it's just not a good year for the region. I think yeah. because it's it's, I mean, I, who in their region is going to go? It's, who's going to take the top two? It's going to be what? Probably uh, Notre Dame, and it's probably going to be what? Wisconsin. Wisconsin? I mean, Ohio that, State, maybe Toledo. 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 Um, yeah. Um, so I mean, Michigan State. You, you look I mean, at fifth. Yeah, but I still think they get in. Yeah, like if I'm Michigan State, you got Arkansas. You, I mean, I, I don't know. Like if unless you're here, like here's another thing. If Michigan gets ahead of them in the Great Lakes, uh, Great Lakes region, which is possible, it's still yeah. doable. Oh yeah, then they probably will get a point from from just Michigan going in. Yeah, or maybe they push Michigan in. But yeah, so you're you're probably right. It's probably around twenty one, twenty two. Uh, I'm curious what Utah Valley like. That that they're yeah. also concerning to me. I don't. Don't love this result. They should be beating Arkansas. Yeah, but they had to run so well at Cowboy Jamboree that I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They they should get plenty of points there. I I don't know. I, I, I we talked about this early in the se- like when we were previewing the season. The women's field like after 10, 12 teams really drops off and we've kind of seen that. Like there's just a lot of inconsistency. Toledo had a great day and finished 12th. But I mean, they I feel like easily could have been twenty second in this race. Like it, it, it was pretty fine margins, and I I just think we're we're gonna it, it'll almost be like just picking bingo balls like for nationals to to see where fifteen through twenty five shake out. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out how we want to do Colas this year. Um... Uh, I've had a few thoughts of like how we want to approach those calculations, but it's going to be interesting. Um, so I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens. Let's move on um, to a few other teams. Let, name like three teams that you were like pleasant surprises. Let's go back to the men's side. All right. Back to the men. Let me pull this back up. Um, NC State was yep. one of them. Uh, really solid performance. Top four top within the what was it top 80 just looked good shanklin didn't even have a very good day and they they still had enough um don't love the drop off from five to six that concerns me a little bit um but i i think they have enough guys that they should be a very solid team at, at ncaa's this year um i thought georgetown were solid I, I think that was a good performance. And uh, to kind of wrap it up, I liked Villanova. I, I, I even without Strinsos running, frankly, very well and, and up to the standard that we kind of expected of him, his team looked good. Like they, they looked all like the what we saw from Paul Short wasn't a fluke. Um, they finished ninth. And I think that was about as low as they could have performed. Like, I, I, I think this was about as bad as it gets for Villanova is ninth at Nuttycomb, which I, I think shows you just how good and how far they've come from our preseason expectations. It's a great point. I mean, Strinsos could have been 30 spots better. He really could have. And then Josh Phillips didn't had a yeah. really bad day. Thank God they had rookie Marco Langone, like, you know, bringing up the rear because like they, 
they historically haven't had that fifth or that sixth guy who can help them if everyone falls apart. So the fact that they did still got a top 10 finish, that was huge. Um, yeah, my, my three teams would have been NC State. I probably would have been like uh, between like Colorado State or Duke. In this case, I'll give it to Colorado yeah. State because they got 18th over Duke. Colorado State ran well. Not the flashiest team, but they got it, uh, got it done. I'll give it to Oregon. Oregon 12th place. Yep. That's awesome. This team I had zero confidence in at all. And when they didn't have Schumacher in the entries, when they didn't have Reinhard Harrison in the entries, and I'm like, eh, <laughs> it's it's not great. Um, and yet they still came through. They still got what Bienfeld didn't even have a great race. He mm-hmm. was 24th, which is not uh, you know an, an accurate indication of what he can do. And then the rest of that lineup was far from flashy, not that exciting at all. But when you still go, and let me pull up this really quickly, when you still put the next four scores in the top 100, it's 75, 87, 89, 94 in the overall results, that's really good. It's really good. You just have no flaws or scoring deficiencies, and that's not at all what I thought we would see from Oregon. I thought we'd see one, maybe two guys have a breakout race, but for all of them to just be so good despite being so inexperienced is really impressive. Yeah, I I mean, I thought they really needed a good performance here to to get Colossus points because, I I mean, they're in a solid West region, and they did it. They they basically punched their ticket to NCAAs with this performance. Very, very good. No one besides Indiana had a better last 2K than Oregon. They dropped 100 points um, in the last 2K to push them up from... I, they were 17th going into 6K. Um, they they really ran the end of the race extremely well. Um, and, and I think they're going to... I, I, I don't think this is a flashy team. Like I, Their ceiling is very low. But they've proven that they belong in that top 25, top 20 mix at Nationals now. I'm just interested. You said Indiana? Yes. Indiana. 108 points they dropped in the last 2K. When they dropped, or they, you mean they cut off? They cut, yeah. Cut, yeah. Wow, that's okay. Never mind then. I'll I'll leave that be. I'll leave that be there. Weird, weird, the... weird stat for the twenty eighth yeah for the this tr- race to, to cut one hundred eight points. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, I'll leave that one alone. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it, it's or that's a weird stat. Anyways, Oregon. Yeah, it's it's a weird development there. But congrats to Oregon. Like the NCAA, we need to do a podcast where I was thinking about this the other day. The NFL, fill the blank. The NFL is better when these teams are good. And I was like, the Bears, the Giants, right? Like, I, I tried to mm-hmm. like figure out what the teams were. And I'm trying to figure out who, like, the NCAA is better when these teams are running well. And I think it's Oregon. It's, I don't know, Michigan. Yeah. One of the Ivy League teams. Like, I try. I just try to figure out like like what's like what are like from a branding Wisconsin and maybe. Yeah, I mean, was it Wisconsin? Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a that's, that's, that's a tough that's a tough one because you yeah. the the names come like right off your tongue for like basketball or, like NBA or NFL like you know exactly those big market teams. Um, but like Oregon has this prestige and this aura around it. Obviously. Eugene hosting the world championships that you would just expect them to be good. And you, you love to see that big O like the singlets at the front at nationals. Um, So it'll be really, hopefully this is a good first step that Schumacher and this team is taking for them to get back up to there soon. I'd like to make a really hot take. Um, No, no, I shouldn't say this is a hot take. This is more just like, um, how do I put this? Overexcited mathematics. Um, and I think what this is, is that New Mexico men finished 31st out of 33 teams in this field. New Mexico could actually be really good if ev- – not really good, but they could be pretty good if everyone runs well on the same day. Because uh, yeah. was Ibrahim is a two-time All-American, not a good day. Mulcair was, what, 80th at the NCAA Winter XC Championships during his time with Oklahoma State? He did not have a good day. Mm-hmm. They had a guy, a freshman, who was 90th overall in this field. Their their 
projected fourth score, who was actually their second score, was 153rd. And yes, they have a drop off to the next three men in their lineup. But you could make an argument. You could start arguing to me like, hey, these guys are going to cut off like 250 points, 300 points when everyone runs their best. Yeah, yeah. I that that's there's a lot of ifs in that statement, which I I, I hear what you're saying, but I I don't. I, I just buy think the New Mexico men are. I know. Listen, they're not making it to the national meet. They're not, but they're they're a little bit better than I think people realize. Yeah, I I think that's fair. They have more talent on the roster than I think that 31st finish represents. Yeah, it's really funny. This is actually a perfect conversation because literally as we're having all these qualification conversations, I just had a coach text me, when are you guys doing call loss projections? So <laughs> I don't I don't know yet right now. I'd have to figure that part out, but it's coming hopefully soon. Um so yeah. Yeah, we, we need to we need to sit in a room and, and figure out our top twos for each region, probably. And yeah, see. that would be fun. You and I need to need to probably do a we should do a podcast, a call projections podcast. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, to run it all out. Well get like a do you know like the, the sunny it's always sunny um like meme? Yes, Charlie at the yeah, board. Yeah, he's got like, the board. Yeah, yeah. That's it's Colos. And it, all right, so let's let's wrap this up. Let's go to the nutty women's side, three teams that impressed you. We'll quickly run through those. Um uh, do you have your list pulled up? Let me get my uh, I can I can I can put it together. Georgetown in 10th place is actually much better than people realize. Yes. They were really good. Um, it's not the flashiest group. And also, I don't know why you click sometimes on the women's races and then it just, the timing falls apart on you. But it, it wasn't the flashiest race. I thought they would show more firepower. But Donahue 33, Jensen 41, she was great. Corbin yes. 55. They got uh, another one. Katie McDonald with a great race after Paul Short, 88th. And then they get another one. Chloe Gonzalez, 93rd. That's five women in the top 100. And they didn't have Chloe Scrimgeour, who was maybe potentially sort of maybe an All-American candidate. Yep. So that's huge. If she's in this race, they probably get interesting with North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I think we think about them very differently. Toledo, huge 12th place finish. They weren't all that exciting in the early season. They weren't bad, but I think very Great into like validation for us after we ranked them at 25. They ran so well, earned a ton of Colos points. That was awesome. And I thought Providence rebounded pretty well. I thought they had a not so great or even that exciting race at Paul Short. And they still weren't super exciting on uh, on Friday, but they still, you know, Buckley's been good. I still think like Tuck and Mooney can be so much better. And if that's the case, then Providence is probably closer to the you know top twenty team in the country that we thought they were originally. So, uh, or even maybe even top fifteen. But they're really sneaky good when everyone runs well, and the fact that they salvaged a good result is impressive. Yep, I I had a similar list. I really like Georgetown and Toledo. I, I thought Georgetown without scrimmage were really good performance, and, and I think very validating. And I liked I like North Carolina. I think this in a bigger field against very good competition their their top two did exactly what you would hope Bryn Brown 19th Harrington and 27th their their back of the lineup is good enough they they have some pieces in the back end that in that six seven spot that you feel like could have the potential of salvaging if any of those top five fall apart I I think it was just proof that they certainly belong in the top 10 I think Stanford also Really young lineup. Sophia Dudek looked every bit the low stick we expected her to. Um, and you look six like six deep, six within the top twenty-six. You you hope that maybe one or two of those women can kind of push their way a little bit closer to Dudek and give them a, give this team a little bit more scoring potency. But they they feel like one of the safer teams in the NCAA, which is a crazy thing for say for a lineup filled with underclassmen. And for a lineup where that we didn't know who was going to fill the lineup to begin yeah. with, so I, I it's a it's a fun team. I really like the team. I think they're a really fun, like exciting squad. I think they still have a ton of upside. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Dudek a lot. So yeah, I agree. I, I think those are a good list. I like Stanford quite a bit. Uh, I really want them to be to be. I I, I really like this group because if this group is going to be this good this early. They could do, they could be really dangerous. In the them and North Carolina are going to be fun to keep an eye yeah. on. Both mm-hmm. both of them full of like underclassmen, at least eligibility wise. Like they could absolutely in a year or two be at the very top. 
yeah, yeah, I, I like them a lot. So, um, okay, we could talk about this forever. Um, this is already going long, but that's fine. Uh, did you have anything else? Nope, that that's it. I, I mean, what a fantastic week of racing. I, yeah. I was thrilled to see all those results. And, and like I said, I, I'm very curious to see how much our opinions change after the conference meet. I, I think that's going to be a, a really interesting weekend for us um as we kind of predict ncaa's yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's gonna be exciting um so we'll, we'll figure it out um we're gonna probably let you know the, these rankings are coming monday tuesday maybe tuesday wednesday uh working through a few small small site things we're just try, trying to clean up a few technical things at the back end so those are coming this week though be on the lookout for that uh, D2, D3, obviously those rankings from last week are now up. We'll continue to cover that. want to do Coloss projections soon. I've got to reach out to a few people, actually get some, you know, I want to try to see if I can do a few things this year with that, but we'll see how that goes. We've got podcasts on the way. We've got recruiting content coverage. We've got a great interview with um, uh, Kate Peters and um, Lily Cridge now up on the site. More high school recruiting content uh, coming on the way this week. And that's it. That's it. Use code TSR30 at biosteel.com. Go get 30% off those products. Leave a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. And Ben, that is all I have. All right. Well, until next week, Garrett, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you.